Hi guys. Pardon my disheveled appearance. I uh, just burned sweet potatoes in the oven. So that's awesome. Um, okay. How we doing? Who wants coaching? If you want to, I'm going to erase my whiteboard while you guys, uh, while you guys think about what you want to talk about tonight. This is what happens when I try to do too much. Okay. Does anybody have anything they want to talk about? We just have a couple people logged on to this last minute makeup session because the other day I was stuck at the office late. Um, okay. Here we go. Who has an issue? If you want to raise your hand, you can. Otherwise, you can go into the chat and type a question. You can stare at me. Anything? Yay. Okay. Counting sheep. Hang on, counting sheep. I'm bringing you on. Okay. I don't know who else is on, and I'm happy to let anybody else talk but if there's we, counting we love hearing from you counting sheep oh my god <laughs> i'm freaking exhausted right now i i'm always exhausted mm. i don't know how surgeons who have children do it i really don't um I don't know. I really if somebody else wants to talk please talk. I just didn't want justice that they're feeling, you know alone <laughs> I appreciate it um so we do have somebody who has her hand raised Pilates has her hand raised um if you would like to talk about exhaustion we can no we should let Pilates talk but I wouldn't mind talk following up with you on that last thing you and I talked about privately sometime yeah sure absolutely and um, if we get bored if we want to talk about it as a group maybe we can but Pilates is probably really much more useful and generalizable well, I don't know about all that because exhaustion is kind of a universal thing. And we'll just use this opportunity before you go um, to talk about what I like to term low hanging fruit. And uh, when we're exhausted, you know, it could be sleep, dehydration, hormones, um, you know, being on call and all that stuff. So I always just like to plug taking care of the low hanging fruit if you can. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Epsom salts baths. I do it like almost every day. I take magnesium every day at night to try to go to sleep. Is Are you having issues going to sleep or are you just working really hard right now? No, I'm just always exhausted. Mm. Like I've had my thyroid tested so many times in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm just always tired. Yeah. And all of those things, dehydration and sleep, you know, all, yes, all of that plays into it too. I, well, and hormonal, which is probably really what the problem is. Um, mm, yeah. But, uh, 
uh, it took me years to figure out that my personal form of PMS is shocking, mind numbing exhaustion. Like I cannot think straight. I can barely see when I open my eyes. I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet we keep going to work, don't we? We do. Of course we do. (laughs) How dare we not? (laughs) Right. That's not really what I wanted to talk to you about. Please let Pilates talk. If there's time, we can chat about my other, my other issue. Okay. Sounds wonderful. (laughs) Hi, Pilates. Hi. Hi. I don't mind uh, if um, counting sheep wants to talk about exhaustion because who's not exhausted these days? Everybody's exhausted. Well, not me, because I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) At least, (laughs) you know what? At least someone's winning in life. I'm winning. I am winning. Yeah. I don't feel like it's something. That's awesome. Okay, so what do you have for us, bodies? Um, I wanted to ask about the dream. Um, So I think I kind of understand dream in terms of a specific situation, but I just wanted to ask you about, how you apply to like a more generalized situation or a um, generalized feeling. Like when this came up more more recently, it was like a um, feeling of loneliness. And I was like, okay, well, I know like the old coaching model, how to kind of do this, but I wasn't really sure how to apply dream to it. Yeah, this is a great question. And I think one, you know how with the model, we talk about the default model and the intentional model. Mm-hmm. And how, oh, <clears throat> often when we're in the default model, that is, especially if we're in some kind of a stress response or trauma response, it's like a different part of the brain that's working. Yeah. And yeah. when we are talking about the intentional model, it's the prefrontal cortex part of the brain, which often isn't even available for use when we're in those stressful situations. So dream is something you can use as a tool to help get yourself from point A to point B. So I do think it it can tie in nicely with the traditional understanding of the models that we've been sort of hemming and hawing about for so long. But um, I will, I want to tie it into specifically what you're talking about with loneliness, but let me write dream up here for everybody. Um, In case they haven't seen it detached. So What this is, is basically just some steps or skills to do when you're faced with something that's unpleasant or something you don't like. So detach, regulate, um, externalize. Um, Whoops. analyze and move. Okay. So these are just the steps. So what is the situation you're talking about with loneliness? Can you give us any more details? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to keep it more general, but yeah. I will just say it's kind of this like parallel thing of, Oh, in this new city, it's been really hard to settle down or settle in like feeling unsettled. Um, and then I think the, the situation came up more recently. Um, I'll call them quote this friend group. Um, I don't know how, how, what good friends they are, but they are, um, 
a group of physicians as well. And I found out sort of over time that um, they're quite clicky. They're not really good people. Um, They're kind of poor friends to each other. And when I first met them, I was sort of very quickly incorporated into the inner circle. But it seems like I've been pushed into the outer circle. Um, And when I met them, I thought, oh, good. Finally, I have like something anchoring me here. Mm -hmm. And like with dating and stuff, it's been really tough um, to meet someone who's quality. So, but I think more specifically was um, a situation with this group where there was an event and I guess the inner circle was only at the event and then I'm somehow in the outer circle and I'm not at the event. And then I was like, why do you even care? Like you're such a busy surgeon. You couldn't have gone anyway. Um, and I did some of the stuff, like I was trying the tapping. I was trying, um, to kind of like walk around my apartment when I saw this, cause I saw it on yeah. social media. Um, but I think it was this specific situation flowing into, oh, settling down here has been really difficult. And then like that overarching thing of, oh, well, it's really lonely on like multiple fronts here. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you have a desire to um, have these people remain your friends? So the thing is, they like to do the same things I do. Um, we And they have fun personalities. Um, so when they're fun, they're fun. I have had good times with them. Um, we have the same budget, which is nice. So you don't really have to worry about, oh, can we go to this restaurant or not? Can we afford this event? You just kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had my guard up pretty quickly, um, because the, I'll call her the queen bee. She was like a surgeon I met in the doctor's lounge who kind of brought me into the group. Mm-hmm. She talks shit about everybody else. And so when I was hearing this, I was like, oh, I should kind of be careful. Cause if she's talking about everyone else, she will eventually talk about me. Um, and I don't know if I was no longer the new shiny object. I don't know if. They figured out I don't know a ton of people here, so they can't use me for their own purposes um, if that's what's caused things to cool down. So, like, if I'm at an event versus them with them Mm -hmm. versus at the same event with another group of people, I would probably enjoy myself more with the other people. I don't have to have my guard up. But, you know, just how I've been settling down here. They're the only ones I've met so far who kind of like to do the same stuff I like to do. Okay. So it sounds like the answer to that question is yes. You do have a desire to be friends with these people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, and then within the group, you mentioned these two distinct groups, the inner circle, Mm -hmm. the outer circle. Mm -hmm. And is that good for everybody? You mean, is it good that they have these two circles? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know how anybody else in the outer circle feels about it. Um, I don't know if anyone knows they were in the outer circle. It just so happens that me and the main person live very close, like two blocks away from each other. So I think we've hung out more than maybe other people in, quote, the outer circle would have. Um, So I don't know if it's like a good thing or bad thing. Yeah, I mean... Nobody likes to be excluded ever, do we? Yeah, right. Like even when even when we can rationalize it and say, well, I'm a busy surgeon. I couldn't have gone to the event anyway. It still doesn't feel good to be excluded, right. right? Yeah. So I was just asking the question more than anything to just draw attention to the 
possibility and maybe probability that people just don't like to be excluded. And so maybe having these two circles within the group of friends is not good for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like having, having the two circles might be good for the in-group, but it's not good for the hour group. Yeah. Unless there's a, something I'm not seeing. So the per, so now to circle back to the dream is the whole purpose of dream is to try to figure out the strategy where everybody wins, mostly you, right? Cause I care about you as the human that I'm talking to right now, but like when we are engaging with other people and we're doing so in a way that, um, is coming from a place of wanting everybody to be better off, then that's a very warm and, um, magnetic kind of way to interact with people and it can be quite effective. So that's where this could apply. If you're really trying to have a relationship with these people in a way that serves everybody, including you, but does that makes everybody better? Okay. Are you with me so far? I think so. (laughs) So if we turn to that, then um, the whole reason why I start with detaches is because if for some reason you're in a stress response, then it's important to get us to a point where we can think clearly. So detaching and regulating are the first two steps to do that. So when we detach, we just kind of stop whatever the commotion is in our brains and then assume the observer role. And it sounds like you're already kind of doing that because you're, you're having these thoughts when you're walking around in your own home. Right. So you're like thinking about the whole situation Mm -hmm. as an observer, the difference between thinking about it as an observer and thinking about it, like from an ego place is like, what does this mean about me is the ego place. And, you know, observing is just kind of like observing just what's, what's the data here, what's going on. And then regulate, you mentioned the tapping and all that stuff. So if you're noticing that you're feeling stressed or you're feeling threatened in any way, I think it would be important to get regulated. And that would be the the, uh, decrease sympathetic tone, increase parasympathetic tone. And then externalize. That's where you really start to think about all the different players here. So we've got the queen bee. There's you. There's the inner circle, outer circle. There's a potential mate. Um, Who else? Who are the other stakeholders? Um, I guess just any other uh, potential social group I could have down here. Like, I think out of all the people I've met, I I do a lot of stuff. I do meet up. I, you know, try to put myself out there. I think of all the many people I've met that this group sort of resonates with me the most, even if I don't really like their behavior that much. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a cool opportunity then to have a group of people that you see so much potential in and your involvement with them could really be good for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. Just the type of influence that you could have on people could be very helpful for everybody. Um, 
Okay, so externalize is just simply identifying the members of the team. It's like, okay, I'm not the only one here. This isn't all about me. This is about a whole group of people. And then analyzing, it involves um, understanding what game you're playing. You're playing like the social game. You're potentially playing the husband or, you know, mate game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I do. I do try to play that game every time there's a social event. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's important to understand what game you're actually playing, right? Because if you're just playing a social game, you might, you know, it might look one way. And if you're playing the main game, another way. Yeah. Um, And then the next thing is, is like, what's the truth? So you just tell the truth. Okay. Sounds like the truth is what you're noticing is there are these two, these two groups within a group. There is a queen bee ringleader. It sounds like, um, I really like what these people do. I like their, their activities resonate with me. Um, yeah, I do want them in my life. Like, this is what I mean about telling the truth. It's not just being like, okay, well I can totally handle somebody being a bitch as long as I get to uh, you know, go mountain biking with them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm like talking more about just telling the truth about the situation as it is, because you can't really act on it in good faith unless you're telling the truth about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just triage. Okay. What do I need to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth? And this could look different based on kind of what your ultimate goal is. And it's, is your ultimate goal just to have a good social group or is your ultimate goal to to have a marriage? Both. (laughs) That would be ideal. Okay. Married with a fun, fun group with a fun friend group. Yes. Ooh, that's interesting. It's not like the ideal adult life. (laughs) Well, for some people, I guess. So this is really fascinating and I'm going to hopefully say this and not confuse anybody, but I'm, I'm in a coaching program right now um, myself. And there's this one person in it who is getting out of like a um, really patriarchal religion and she got divorced and is having a hard time getting back into the dating scene um, and so this is obviously not the same thing, but, but her coaching, cause we listen to group coaching has been so fascinating and she so badly wants to be married that that's kind of coming through in the way she's interacting with people. So she's not coming across as being fun at all. She's coming across as kind of like being like a lot because she's, she's got this like. I only, I only want to date people I could potentially marry vibe. Right. And one thing that the coach brought up was, you know, like, it doesn't seem like you're having a lot of fun. And guess what's a real turnoff is when you're with somebody and they don't see that like you can actually be fun. And what she was pointing out was, is like how much this person was missing out on because of just like going in with this like intent for marriage And the reason why I'm telling you this story is, is that you've already said something so profound, which is really, there's an intent for fun. And then what comes from that is these relationships. Yeah, for sure. 
And I think I definitely, that, I definitely want to have fun. I need more fun in life. <laughs> right. But I think that that is actually the power move is to go okay. with the intent for fun. And what is fun for everybody? Well, it's not fun when there's a queen bee acting like the mean girl from that movie. Uh, mm. What was her name? I just watched it. With Regina my- George. Regina George, right? It's my favorite movie. <laughs> it's a really, really good movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's so I'm imagining this woman as, as Regina George. And it's like, that's, she's not fun. And she's not even having fun. Like Regina George was not having fun <laughs> in that movie. Right. So there's yeah. a lot that could be done within this group with, with the fun, like the intent is for fun for everybody to be enjoying what you're doing. And then the byproduct of that is these relationships, potentially even a mate. So I don't know with that kind of frame of reference, then can you imagine like a way to engage with them? So then all you do is you move. So you just engage with this noble purpose of making things better for everybody. So what would that look like? So I have tried this a little bit because um, I'm I like I like to look for stuff to do. I like planning stuff. Um, I don't mind like taking a lead role, but mm-hmm. I've noticed that when I send a group text about an event, um, nobody will answer or there's two there's two different. So there used to be a group text. I don't know if I got like taken off of it or if they're on a different group or what they're doing now. But there's definitely like an inner group text thread and an outer group text thread. Uh And there's one girl who's on both of them and just because of the way it turned out. And I noticed that when I text on the inner group thread, okay, say no one will like answer me back. Do you want to do brunch? Do you want to go to this comedy show? Whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I text the outer group. She will only respond to me on the outer group, not the inner group. And the response was like, hey, I'm busy. I can't make it this weekend. But I don't know if there's like some, because the quote queen bee, she does almost all of the planning. It's like her and her boyfriend plan and organize almost everything. So I don't know if there's like some unspoken rule where like no one else is allowed to contribute to the fun pool. Um, hmm. So I've tried this a few times and I said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to just sit here with like blank text messages. That's kind of embarrassing. So what I've done is now I've just been kind of engaging the outer circle. So we're doing some of our own stuff. Like we have an event planned in two weeks and they invited me to something to this week, which I can't go. Um, But I was like, well, maybe our outer group can just do stuff. And I did tell the inner group about it. I said, you're invited if you want to come. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that way no one's excluded. Um, But I just, you know, I just thought it was so weird that someone will only, this sounds so juvenile. This is so stupid. We're all physicians in our thirties, like some are surgeons. And I'm like, so you're going to answer on one group text and not another. Like what, what is this? Is this the real housewives of the X, Y, Z hospital? (laughs) This is like human. This is sociology. This is like, just, it's like sociology 101. It's I'm just so not used to it. Yeah. Oh, and the power of the power of these forces, I mean, it is so off-putting to a human to be ejected from the tribe. It is such an unsafe feeling. That's why that late, that's why she's not doing it. So there is like some dynamic going on that sounds very unpleasant, actually, in the in-group. Yeah. 
So maybe the, maybe the answer isn't to, um, you know, I mean, it, only you are going to know kind of what it is that is going to be the win for you guys. Um, I can envision all sorts of different things, but if you are, if you are showing up as the person who is fun, inclusive, want everybody to have a good time and not petty and that sort of stuff, it will attract people to you. Yeah. I mean, it'll, you'll, I'm not going to say you'll be the queen bee, but it'll be so attractive because <laughs> that, that kind of implies like that Regina George sort of thing. That's not what I mean. Right. Like yeah. The, it's the magnetic person. It's the one everybody wants to be around because they feel so good about themselves when they're with her. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt people feel good about themselves when they're with Regina George. Right. Um, and what's so unusual to me about this thing is I've never had quote unquote friends that behave like this. Um, at least not since like high school or maybe college. Um, so it's like so odd to me that I'm like, wait, I have to sit here and like think about this. Like I've always just had friends. We just do fun stuff and we have a good time. It was like never any thought to it. You answer the text. Could you come? Yes or no. Um, so it's just such an odd dynamic to me that as an adult, I think I'm just very not used to. Yeah. You're also very confident and um, energetic. And I, you know, I, I'm just imagining that that might be a little bit threatening maybe for Queen Bee. One of my fellowship directors has also told me that um, he's like, you're confident. So this is why like such and such female doesn't like you. And I'm like, that's so ridiculous. But I guess I could, you know, see where people are coming from with that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> girl, I was girl like, my intentions are good. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's just it. It's like, well, um, if you wanted and maybe you want to, maybe you don't. If you wanted, you could make attempts to exert some influence over queen bee. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really, if you want to, um, but I think it sounds like you have the right idea because you're already really managing. It sounds like the way you're managing the way you show up is, is in a very noble way. That's what I'm getting from you. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. We all like to have the same stuff. It's do the same stuff. It's kind of nice that we all have the same budget. So you don't have to like worry about what you're booking or what you're going to do. Um, and so I just want to, I don't know, have a good time, um, with, you know, a big group of people who at their core, I mean, they are fun. If they weren't fun at all, then I wouldn't be interested, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there are a couple techniques that are really useful when you're dealing with things. This translates across not only this um, example, but all kinds of stuff at the hospital and clinics and stuff is presenting people with alternatives. And it can be really helpful to direct the human brain. And so let me think if I can come up with an example. And one, so one of the alternatives can be really absurd. And the other alternative is like clearly the thing that is fun. Like So that could be a fun way to engage on texting or, you know, if you ever do have any inner circle moments, like, well, you know, either you can, um, 
I'm just trying to think of like a funny, um, kind of lighthearted way to engage with them. That that's a an either or. Like either I can keep presenting you with these ideas and I'll, you know get crickets back, or you can just tell me if you don't want me on this group. Um, something like something like that because it gives them an option. It may not be that exact wording, but Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, people respond when they're presented with an option. So it's like the either or type of question where one mm-hmm. of them is kind of like lighthearted and a little bit absurd. My guess is, is that nobody wants you to stop doing that. My guess is everybody's afraid because Queen Bee is maybe holding a bit of power. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just going with what you're um so she is the reason everybody knows each other um i don't know i mean she also hasn't been in town for a terribly long time i have i still can't even figure out how she has managed to meet all these people because i feel like whenever i meet anybody in the hospital like oh yeah i know her oh yeah i know her so i have no idea how she's met all these people so i don't know if it's because she has a circle of influence or if she's the one that's kind of brought all the friends together which is why people you know, we'll only answer the outer circle text and not the inner circle text or, um, and then, you know, just, I've been to parties and stuff that she's hosted and it's very clear, like who's kept around for the party filler invite versus like, oh, who's going to be invited to the brunch for six people on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, you know, if I were to say, oh, I can either like send crickets or, or I could just like leave the group or whatever, they're not going to want the latter because they need like filler people for whatever they're doing. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> you know, as you navigate the social scene in your city, <laughs> it sounds like you're engaging in a way that is uh, potentially influential and mm-hmm. fun. Um. This is an example of how to apply the dream in that situation and something that you can apply even in real time. If, if you're noticing that you're faced with a, you know, a particular thing happening in that moment. But I think one of the things that might be worth considering for you is, is how much energy you want to spend on this. Like is the win you get from playing this social game worth it? It's taking some of your energy. And if it is, then great. Now, you know, um, and if it isn't, you know, maybe there are other ways to go about it that are less, um, less, uh, like recreating mean girls. You mean with this specific situation? Yeah. Or I guess what, what would be less energetic? Yeah. Just like doing the things you want to do, showing up to the things you want to show up. Yeah. Like offering the things that you're offering Mm -hmm. and, you know, being like, Hey, like this is, it's like showing, it's like showing them when people are with you, you're going to have fun and you're not going to feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think this is true of like all adult relationships is building any of them is work. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, you know, I've sort of like, because, you know, I, I want to like where I am. I want to settle down. Um, and you know, at least who knows, maybe I'll stay here forever. Maybe I'll just leave whenever my situation allows me to, but I would like to at least try to settle down and enjoy while I can. Um, but even trying to socialize in other 
ways, like going to these meetups and God, like going through all these dates from all these dating apps. I mean, it is so much effort, um, regardless. And I think that's just normal for being an adult. Um, where on this hand, I'm like, well, at least the group's already formed. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, you know, you know, cause I've met like some cool people with meetup and then it would be me sort of organizing and getting everyone together. Um, but it's like, well, they kind of suck as people, but at least they exist as a group. Yeah. I mean, you did which isn't mention- like a great way to look at it, but, um, I think survival a, mode, I think it's a rational way to look at it. And yeah, speaking of survival mode, we do better when we're in a group as a species, mm-hmm. as a species, we do better when we're in a group than when we're alone. And I think all your efforts to do it are worth it. Um, I'm, I, it sounds like you think they're worth it too. And it sounds like your approach is an effective approach. Um, And I suspect, I mean, you even told us the group with the inner and outer circles is, is sounds like a great group. Like they've got, they do things. You guys have things in common. You have fun. You have like Mm -hmm. um, the budget part was similar and all that stuff. But I think, um, you know, there's probably a lot of flexibility that you have to move in between those inner and outer circle, maybe even unifying it just because of who you are. Quite possibly. Um, the recent event I was excluded from was personal to one of the girls, the one who's in both circles. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to tell myself, it's very possible that for this event, she only wanted her really close friends. So when I saw her at another event, I pretended I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And when she was describing it to me, it was very, it was clear that this was not personal. It was just something she didn't feel like sharing with everybody who wasn't a close friend. And, yeah. you know, that's her prerogative. It's totally understandable. So when I was doing the tapping and the walking and still feeling upset about it, I'm like, why am I still feeling upset about it? <laughs> I apply dream to this so I can stop being bothered by something that I'm sure has like a perfectly rational explanation. Yeah. And it, you know, it did. It's, it, let me ask you this. When you got the explanation or, you know, at the second event, when you saw her, the vibe that came through, was it seemed sincere? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she was lying because then she was also explaining it to like other people who weren't there. Um, So I didn't seem fake of like, oh, well, I didn't want to invite you. It was like, hey, I, I did this thing. And um, this is something I'm doing in my life now. Just like I'm updating you on what I'm doing on my life. Yeah. And so if the vibe that was coming through was one that was really sincere and she wasn't, you know, actively trying to keep you out, Mm because we can pick up on these things. We really can. You can totally Mm -hmm. tell. You can read her thought bubbles. And if it's like, yeah, no big deal, then that should be the end of it. Yeah. I think it just made me anxious to go to this second event because then I was like, oh, well, I was excluded from this one. Like, how how's everyone going to behave towards me? How am I going to behave towards them? And I'm like, this is stupid. Everything was fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where this can come in handy. It's like, okay, well, how do I behave towards them? I behave in the way that is, that moves everybody forward, including me. Now, I don't want this to come across as like, this is the rule and how you guys all have to behave. It's not, it's an, it's an example of, of, uh, an effective method of engagement. If you want to draw people to you now, you might 
and I'm not meaning you specifically Pilates, but people in general might not feel like doing that. They might be like, fuck it. I don't really want to be magnetic right now. And that's totally fine. But in the grand scheme of us trying to kind of get to a win in your case, the win would be the winning the social game or winning the mate game. Then that might be worthwhile engaging with these people in a way that is really bringing everybody up. Yeah, now that I think about it, the second event, most of the inner circle was not there because they were out of town. And that's how I ended up meeting more of the outer circle because I actually didn't know any of them very well. So I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in like doing this event in a few weeks if anyone wants to come. Um, and I didn't really hear anything. I thought no one's invited. No one's interested. And then last week, all the text messages came of like, hey, we want to go. Where do we buy tickets? This and that. So it was funny that I was so anxious about that second event. But that's actually because the inner circle wasn't there. And exuding their toxicity <laughs> that I could then meet the outer circle who I actually think is more fun anyway. Oh my gosh. What a great thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you for bringing this Pilates. Yes. Um, thank you. I yeah, appreciate you explaining dream a little more. Yeah, no problem. Okay. So I'll go ahead and lower your hand and then does anybody else have anything they'd like to talk about? Oh, she did it. Uh Kind of fun to talk about non-hospital things from time to time. Um, okay, so we have atmospheric river. Um, I really, really hope there is a story behind that. Uh, oh, hey, thanks for letting me chime in here. You're welcome. So, uh, yeah, the story behind that is I'm in Cali and uh, we've been getting inundated with these various <laughs> atmospheric rivers. And, you know, normally it's like 60 to 70 degrees and sunny and lately it's been like 40 to 60 degrees and just pouring. I know. I live in San Clemente. I don't know if you're close to me, but there was this picture in um, what well, was online. I don't know what newspaper it was in of like one of the bluffs that a house was on. The bluff just like fell. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. It's really wet right now. <laughs> yeah, we have like a little river going by the uh by the hospital, like the area between the where the cars park on the side of the road and like the curb is just like flowing. Like it's like a stream or river over there. It's crazy. Oh yes. Okay, so I love it. Atmospheric river makes sense for California. So <laughs> can I help you yeah. with <laughs> all right. So I don't know if you could help me like reframe my thoughts around um an occurrence that happened to work sometimes. Okay. Um, so we're, I'm in a very small practice and we have um, two other surgeons that cover um, our service line at the hospital, but are at, but are primarily like, based at other hospitals. And we have like a good working relationship with them, but we don't have like a strong financial relationship with them. And, you know, but everyone gets along well because they help us in the sense that, you know, there are evenings where they're taking the phone calls at 3 a.m. or taking care of emergencies and things like that. So it's still like a beneficial relationship. But it's starting to drive me a little crazy because um, I'm the newest like person on the block. And um, I'll just get calls or texts from them like randomly whenever they're on call and asking me if I want to see patients uh, that they don't want to deal with. And, you know, when I very first started, that was great because I didn't have too much to do. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm busy, 
you know, it'll like be a text at like 8.30 when I'm like rounding on my patients and getting ready for clinic. And it's starting to just drive me insane. And I realize like it shouldn't, like I can just say no. And I know I can say no, my boss won't be mad at me or anything. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, why? Like I have my day planned out in my head. I'm like excited to round on my patients, you know, get my discharges ready, like, and then start the day. And then they're like, oh, do you want to see this? And I'm like, now I have to answer this and like deal with this. And even if I'm not going to see the patient, like I just get so annoyed. I'm wondering like, okay, what is going on in my head that I can't like reframe this. So I stop being so annoyed because it doesn't matter the outcome. Like if I see the patient or not, that's not the big deal. The big deal is like, why am I getting so annoyed? That's a great question. So let's, we are going to set up a model on this one. Have you learned the model? Um, I've done a couple of them. Okay. So you get a call at 8.30 from the person who's actually on call. Yeah. And why don't they want to take care of it? Well, two of our partners are like the guys who take call are not based at our hospital. So they'll be like, oh, do you want to see this patient? Because they want might not be able to see them till like 4 or 5 p.m. So they want you to do their work for him, for them. That I think that's why I get so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, they're taking they're taking the call stipend, but then they're like not seeing the patients. Okay, so I think like I talked to my boss about it a little bit, and he thinks that their belief is, oh, well, we have nothing to lose by offering the junior partner or like junior physician rather, like you know this juicy consult. (laughs) But on the other hand, like they're the ones who are. They are taking the money for the 24-hour call period. Right. So they, in, in, in the call agreement, do you know if it's outlined that they take all the calls for that period of time? Uh, I think it is. I mean, they're allowed to, you know, obviously they had in the past, like we used to, so I'm at one hospital, Hospital A, and my practice used to go to Hospital A and B, and now we got kind of, there was some issues with the call group um, with some other surgeons who are based at hospital B who got us kicked out of hospital B. So mm-hmm. we have one, so we have a surgeon that works primarily at hospital B that we get along with. And then we have a surgeon that works primarily at hospital C who takes call at hospital A where I am mm-hmm. and we're all in private practice. And so, yeah, they, they have to field the phone calls. You have like a pretty generous turnaround time. It's like 12 or 24 hours. Um, and obviously, if it's like an emergency and they're not physically here, my boss or I will go help with it or we'll help get the patient transferred. That's mm-hmm. That hasn't been a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just like these like, you know, uh, repeated things where they're like, just like one one time, um, our surgeon who takes call at Hospital B sent me like, he sent me and my boss like three patients he didn't want to see. And I was going out of town. And here's what really annoyed me is that surgeon won't round on our patients on the weekend when he's on call. So I was like, well, I'm going out of town. You're on call for the group. And then you're asking me to take care of this patient who probably needs surgery, but then you won't round on the patient on the weekend. So it's like, we have this like little fiefdoms and everyone like gets along on a personal level, but like, mm-hmm. like the group is dysfunctional and I started to drive me insane. Yeah, I mean, I can see why. I can see why. It sounds like there's just some unwritten rules people are following. And 
now you're at the receiving end of more work. Oh no, my Zoom froze. Oh, okay. So what I said was, is it sounds like people are following unwritten rules and now you're at the receiving end of more work. Shoot. Is everybody's okay. frozen? I, I can hear you and see you now. Okay. So all I said was, is it sounds like people are following unwritten rules and now you're at the receiving end of more work. Yeah. And I'm, I can turn it down. Um, but then I think like I'm on salary this year because when I joined the group, um, so my boss pays me a salary and I think I don't want to come off like I'm turning away work, but at the same time, like I'm scheduled to be on call, you know, about a quarter of the month, my colleagues are taking the call stipend for the rest of the time. I am grateful that they take the calls at night because then I'm not on call like 50% of the time, you know, I'm not getting phone calls at 3 a.m., all the time, which, which is helpful. It means I get more rest and stuff, but it's just like really starting to drive me a little insane. Cause it's like, they just kind of want to cherry pick. Like if there are good cases, they'll take them or transfer them. And then they want to dump the cases that'll take more time um, or that they'll make less money on, like on me. Okay. Did you um, say that to them? I didn't say it to them. I've said it to my boss and we did, Last week, we kind of pushed back a little bit and made one of the other guys come and see, actually come and see one of the consults because he was, both of us were going out of town for the weekend and that other surgeon was was covering for the week and for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So we're both like, well, we're not going to be here for the weekend. If we do the surgery, he's not going to round for us. So why would we help him here? Like, because it's not really like fully quid pro quo. It's not like it used to be that we would take the call to two different hospitals so we would see patients for each other. So there was like a, a balance, you know, there was a financial balance and a time balance. But now that's not really the case. It's like there's these two extra surgeons who are in our call group, but don't want to like do any of the call work. Right. So that sounds like the problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really know how to like kind of get everyone on the same page because um you know, I, I think my boss is not going to be like willing to drive it. And then I don't want to be like trying to force um, a meeting with everyone because I don't know that that would even work. But I mean, we're stuck in like this no man's land where people don't want to take a call where they want to take a call stipend and they will handle the emergencies that come in at night and stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't want to come and see stuff during the day and they act like they're doing me a favor handing me these like garbage consults that like I'd be running from clinic to see I can't leave my clinic patients waiting that's like my bread and butter yeah and you're not on call exactly so it gets so frustrated because it's like I'm not on call I'm not a resident anymore I finally got a point where like okay maybe Tuesday is like somewhat planned I mean in my field you never know like things can go down the wrong way at any time but like yeah you know, when I'm on call, I expect that when I'm not on call, I'm like, dude, leave me alone. So we train people how to treat us. And I can see how, especially if in the beginning you were trying to build a practice that you were saying yes a lot. And then that kind of got them used to going to you with these things. And that makes sense. And I can also see how, if you're an employee of your boss, 
uh, in your private practice that he might have some expectations about how things go. So it would be good to know what those are. And then at the end of the day, though, you're a fully functioning, capable attending surgeon. And one of the things that we like to um, at least put a fine point on, I don't know that we need to like be in conflict about anything, but just highlight it is the tendency for females to under earn. And I don't know, I don't know enough about your situation if that's what's actually happening, but I think it sounds like you're at risk for that happening. If Oh, definitely. It, it, especially because like this year I'm on salary and um, there's a small bonus if I earn all my salary and cover all my overhead. But the bonus is so small that I'm not, I mean, if I get it great and I want to, but my focus really should be like building my clinic practice, taking care of my elective patients, you know, helping my boss with anything because that money stays in our practice. Yeah. Um, whereas like if I see these consults, you know, maybe I bring in like a couple hundred bucks for the, 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 uh, um, group. If I operate, yeah, I bring in some money, but like, you know, it's so dilute that I, I'm really not seeing much. And it's like the amount of stress that it's causing is, is really not worth it. I mean, the last patient that I got from this surgeon, the patient needed a craniotomy for a tumor and it just turned out to be like the patient did fine, but he has so many issues from other problems that, it takes, it's a total time suck. And so yeah. by the time that we're, we're through with everything, I'm probably making like 10 bucks an hour, you know, exactly. because if, you know, and, and like, I think they know that and they're trying to, you know, give me these patients that are more complicated. And it's, it's just so frustrating because like, for instance, when one of the surgeons, when they operate on the week during the weekdays, they never invited me to come operate with them. And even on weekends, when I first started, when I wasn't on call, um, cause I, I wasn't fully proctored yet. I told them, I was like, Hey, if you need help with anything, I'm around. And it it was not even so much that I was worried about like actually like taking the case or anything. Like it was just something that could help, like help them. I could learn their surgical techniques, maybe pick up something from them, just like get to know them better because we're all colleagues in a small field, Mm -hmm. but like they never do that. And even like now, like one of them, he never, when he operates on the weekend, he never even tells me. I'm like, dude, I will come help you. Like, I like learning new techniques. I'm a young surgeon. I still like seeing this stuff and you know i'm around call me but he doesn't and then he just wants to like dump this garbage on me so i'm trying to think of what would be like the ultimate win here the it sounds like one of the things that you're committed to is having a strong practice for the practice that you work for yeah exactly so that's a win and the the other win would be like some form of reciprocity maybe with these other people that are sharing with call and is there a way to get all of this? Well, I've been trying to structure it in my head, but I don't know how we would with our current structure because we're scattered on three. We have four surgeons and three practices. And one of them was part of this practice before and left and kind of pissed off my boss with the way that he left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that guy definitely won't. Like, there's no bringing him back in the fold. And then the the other surgeon... Um, he's just been on his own for years. He has this small practice with Tim, his MA, uh, his scheduler and front desk person, like his wife works for him, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, old school. And he just has like, they have zero interest in like, I don't know, being organized, <laughs> which is kind of driving me insane. Yeah. 
and so when you're kind of presenting with those feelings as um as warranted as they may be like being frustrated and being driven crazy and all that stuff then kind of like puts up a block for you to be able to engage with any of this in a way that's going to get you what you really want which is yeah strong practice and reciprocity so I do think there is probably some role for like taking that when we were just looking at that dream sequence, like taking, taking like a um, 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're like in the right frame of mind to be engaging with this, which is where we regulate. And then um, externalizing who are the players here? Well, ultimately the players are the patients. That's number one. Number two would be Mm -hmm. hospital staff. Number three would be you, um, your partner, the other people that are in the call pool. Right. Um, a stakeholder might even be somebody who doesn't work there yet. Um, then we analyze the situation. The situation is, well, call is a hot mess. And so you're playing the call game. And right now it's structured in a way that people get paid to take call, but they have not been required to take all the responsibility during their days of call. That's pretty a simplified way of saying it. Do you think that that's sums it up? Yeah. And that sums it up. And I think, um, yeah, they, I mean, they will, if the, if push comes to shove, they'll take care of things. So it's not like they don't leave patients, like they're not abandoning patients or like, leaving emergencies uncovered. Um, But it's just kind of the, um, the intent is like, Oh, Hey, she's there. Um, We're on call, but we'll let, you know, we'll take the stipend. We'll we'll handle the calls, but they almost act kind of like a triage nurse. And you know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, okay. um, I can cherry pick this case to see a clinic. Um, I can follow this patient. Ooh, this looks like fun. But, ooh, this patient has insurance I don't want to deal with. Um, let me give it to her. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that's where it's like, it's hard for, it's hard for me to push back too much because I don't want my boss to think that I'm not willing to, like, bring the business into our facility. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, well, if you're not going to see any of the consults or you're only going to take care of the phone from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., then, like, give me part of the stipend, you know, like, hey. you know, and it's not, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but like, like you said, there's no reciprocity. Okay. So, but that might be a suggestion. Yeah. Or another. So like, I'm, I don't know if you can see my screen here, but what I've done is I set out the model with the result, Mm -hmm. which is what we want to happen. We want to have a strong practice and we want to have reciprocity. So then now we can work backwards and say, well, what would we need to do to make that happen? Well, we'd need to probably engage with all the players. Mm-hmm. Um and figure out what benefits everybody. Right. And that might require some brainstorming. So and you just said it, like maybe maybe I take the day, but I get paid for it. Yeah. Or maybe if the hospital doesn't want to pay me to do it, maybe everybody would agree to lobby for uh, like a PA. 
or a nurse yeah i would love that um, a pa would, would solve like so many problems it'd be right? fantastic but yes. now, like from this frame of mind, we can be very strategic about it. It's like frustration is fuel for pretty much nothing. But we, mm-hmm. this is like, okay, no, this, we can just, it's a problem that just has a solution. We just need to find what the solution is. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. So what else would you need to do? You'd need to keep seeing your clinic. Yeah. Um, what else would we need to do? I guess um, for reciprocity, one thing would be like make offers to help when you can or when you want to mm-hmm. or, you know, when it benefits you. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. No, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think like what I really would love if we could have one cohesive group, but I know that that's like, that's not on the, that's not on the cards, you know? It would be more helpful for doing with like our hospital. But maybe they maybe, maybe but maybe you guys don't all work under the same um practice, but maybe there is a way to be cohesive within what you already have. Right now it's not cohesive, but yeah. I suspect there's a way to create cohesion among mm-hmm. the different players. And the okay. way to create cohesion is figuring out what benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you know what benefits everybody, that's a plan that goes down like a milkshake. It's a plan that everybody wants to drink. It's not a plan that people are like, oh, no, that's a terrible plan. Even if they don't agree with the plan, it's a starting point for a discussion. When you come at a problem already with a solution that makes sense, even if people don't Mm -hmm. like the solution, it's, it's a framework for a further discussion. Even if it's a no, it's just you're getting you're on your way to your yes. But if you just nobody wants to hear it of course so what do you how would you need to feel in order to do these things like engage with the players and figure out what benefits everybody and brainstorm and keep seeing your clinic patients and make offers to help when you can like how would you need to feel in order to show up in that way yeah I would probably need to feel like enthusiastic and motivated to uh, see more patients and kind of get the ball rolling for a group. And I mean, the group, like the four of us, I don't mean just like me and my boss. Yeah, I know. So enthusiastic, motivated. I love the feeling of determined because Mm -hmm. motivation comes and goes. It's a fickle little beast. Yeah. Determination though, you can summon up determination even when you feel like shit. Um, Right. So determination can be useful. Let's see. Um, The other thing that I wanted to emphasize was this idea around deserving because mm-hmm. part of female under earning is, is like, number one, we don't even know when we're under earning. And number two is, is we don't feel like we deserve it. We want everything to be fair and we want everybody. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, I'm not saying you're doing that, but what I'm saying is, is um, like we may be, not feeling deserving of something and therefore not really able to show up in a way that gets us what we want. Right. So deserving might be a good feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm writing these all down just in case you need to recall them. And so what would you need to think in order to feel these feelings? Um, I probably need to think that there's (laughs) hope 
for us to be a more organized and cohesive unit that like a, a neurosurgery unit is, uh, instead of like a uh, tiny system. I would have to have some faith too in us coming together <laughs> to uh, to fix things. And I don't know if that, that's under thought or feeling. It's kind of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there is a solution here. Yeah. I would just like to add that what this is, is not as complex as brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> like you guys are all com- like uh, capable of very complex skills and getting yeah. everybody on the same page is like way less complex than that. So there is no reason why it can't be done. There's no yeah. reason. Right. And maybe nobody, I'm, I'm certain everybody probably shares some of these thoughts and feelings that you have. They're probably all annoyed. They probably all hate it. They like getting their little stipend, but they hate coming over at 9 a.m. to see somebody. Yeah, exactly. Vision. And so a lot of these things I bet are actually shared and they're common concerns. So then it becomes a question of like, well, who's going to be the one who has the stones to get up and try to fix this? And if it's not yeah. you, then who? It's not going to be any of them. Like, right? oh my, they're, they're so passive aggressive. <laughs> like, you know, and like my boss is, he's great, but he is like super non-confrontational. Yeah. Like, you know, the chances of him rounding up everyone are about zero. <laughs> yeah. So I just wrote down the three things. There is a solution. Like you have faith and hope, but there is a solution. Mm-hmm. Of course there's a solution. Um, And then all of this is less complex than anything you guys do on a daily basis. So there's no reason why you can't figure it out. And then the third thing is like, if not me, then who? Mm-hmm. If it's, if nobody else is going to take the stick here, which is what we say in my house, we say, take the stick. If nobody else is going to take the stick, then am I going to do it so I can make this better for me? Yeah. Otherwise I'm just going to be complaining and just experiencing something shitty. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, of course, if you have the desire, if you don't care, and if you're like, oh, uh, I can handle things being shitty, then that's fine. But my guess is, is that the, you would want this to be better because you're frustrated and you're annoyed. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely want it to be better because I think, like, we can work out something better for all of us. I mean, right now, it's, it's kind of fallen. Like, the group fell into dysfunction. It wasn't always like this. Exactly. And no one's kind of like a... No one's taking the helm to bring it together because everyone kind of has their own like motivations, but like, and all those motivations stayed the same while the, the call structures changed and the, where people were employed changed. Yeah. Yeah. And counting sheep just said, I always figure I might as well be the one to speak up and offer a solution that I like, which is so true. You might as well throw something out there that's really going to be good for you. And chances are, it'll be good for them too. But people Mm -hmm. respond really well to solutions. They do not respond well to complaining. Mm -hmm. So, all right. I know we're a few minutes over. Um, I'll save this. I'll save this model and I can post it somewhere, maybe in the Facebook, in the room one Facebook Mm -hmm. group, not common Mm -hmm. thread, but the room one Facebook group, just so you can refer back to it. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.